Welcome back to There's Always Another Podcast, a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. I'm Justin, and as always, I am joined by... Bread making Beth. Spectral Sam. I'm Caleb. We all safe over there? <laughs> uh, should be good now, yeah. So Great. that's why there's the helicopter circling your house. <laughs> it's it has been a week to the day since we recorded last, and I, I like to believe that this was just a week long siege taking place in your apartment. Look, it's been a long it's been a long week. I just want to talk about some Brandon Sanderson. Let's just jump into it. <laughs> I guess we can do that. Bottle episode. Well, not Yay. this. There's two episodes of this, but the, the the story is a bottle episode. We can do a two-parter bottle episode. It, like, isn't a like a podcast without new hosts kind of by definition bottled? I've moved since we started the podcast, so mm, that's true. I escaped one bottle and then got settled in another bottle. I think the solution to this is that. Uh, we have a podcast which we do on a moving train. Perfect. I don't know. We could, we but that itself that is also a bottle episode. <laughs> yeah, what it really Damn needs it. to be is like we are going from location to location, doing like per chapter we need to move somewhere else and set up like a little <laughs> picnic blanket. Perfect. I at some point I definitely need to go and catalog all of the different ideas for podcasts that we're not going to do. <laughs> And trademark all of them. You exactly. can't have them, audience. But what we are going to do is talk about uh, the first part of The Emperor's Soul. We started reading a new uh, novella today. And we got about halfway through it. There's a decent amount of book in this book. <laughs> and yet the book is less... The, the less There is less book with a good amount of book in the book. And does Sam like it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I really do. This this fucking rocks so far. I'm, I'm yeah, all I, the way with hell it. Yeah. I really like Emperor's Soul. That that is interesting to me though because I, I I'm enjoying it quite a bit as well. I think even though it's one of the most unique magic systems I've seen, it's also the most hand wavy of all the magic systems we've seen in the Cosmere so far. The the rules are very much just kind of vibes a lot of the time, it feels like. Yeah. And they do talk... Uh, they... Brandon does talk a lot about, uh, like, the specific things that you can't do with it. So you can't make the manacles out of soap, that kind of thing. Um, but it is... I mean, it's less hand wavy than the hand waving. <laughs> There is no, there is no literal hand waving. You are correct. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing. Of, I, I feel like if I was actually in the world, Aeon Door would make way more sense to me than Soul Stamps. But you are also correct in terms of like us as readers, we do get more concrete rules for Soul Stamping than we do for Aeon Door. So it's a weird like, when I say what's hand wavy, it kind of depends on what exactly you mean by that. But regardless, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it can feel hand wavy because we 
like you said, understand it relatively little, but it doesn't register as that to me just because there's so much, A, like Sam said, we know a lot of limitations, and B, you see the effort that is put into it. Like, the mm-hmm. the main task of this book is largely considered impossible, <laughs> which is do a good magic, and I think that's rad. Oh, and I also think it's rad because this is just the work of a historian. She She's yeah. a historian. I think this is... Uh, We've had characters who are academics before, but this is this is required to do this magic properly. I'm very into that. I like that. This is my magic system, baby. All right. This is it right here. <laughs> this is also one of our first know-it-all characters that I like right off the bat. <laughs> so yeah, this will be this will be an interesting experience, uh, given that this is uh, much shorter than Brandon's usual work. Uh, we are going to be, uh, I was going to, to note on how uh, during first book episodes, I always get quite excited of, hey, we're starting a new book. And then in penultimate episodes, I get very excited about, hey, we finished this episode, time to read the end of the book. And this episode is both of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best episode ever. <laughs> Must be. So yeah, I think we can, uh, we can go ahead and see what we're, what we're dealing with here. Hell yeah. Uh, we started off with a, a brief prologue, uh, just a, a page or two. And as as we are, we're reading from the uh, the Arcanum Unbounded edition, uh, which means that we get uh, a little more art that was not in, I don't believe this was in the original printing. Uh, and it's it's some very cool art. And then we get as the, the chapter header, uh, as we will we'll come to learn a, a soul stamp, which is this kind of very intricately etched design. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I I had to try to draw my own version of this for the uh, the theme music, and it's difficult. I I, I got even more <laughs> of an appreciation of how uh, how much talent would be required for this magic uh, type, because it's hard to make all those squiggles look as good as they do. Um, <laughs> But we learned later that it has pretty much nothing to do with Aeon Door, but it is interesting of, like, here's another work on Cell, and the magic system is based on drawing a lot of complicated lines. Mm-hmm. And there, there is kind of an interesting uh, through line there to an extent that I thought was really cool. And the illustration is also really neat, because you see it, and it's like, ooh, that looks really nice. And, like, three or four times throughout this reading, I flipped back to look at it again, because I kept learning more and more about what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. And... It was it was just very cool to continue to look back and be like, oh, that's why the ceiling is full of cobwebs and looks super shitty, but the bed and the table look super super fancy. Like there's a hmm. plot explanation for why that's there's a weird inconsistency with how this room looks. As for the the prologue itself, we're going to start uh, away from our main character. Uh, the the actual number of characters in this book is. As, as is fitting a, a shorter story, quite small. So we, we meet two here, uh, Gautona and Frava, uh, who are both uh, arbiters, who are kind of senior bureaucrats in this, this empire. Uh, and they have, a, uh, they have a difficult decision to make, which is that our, our main character, Wan Shailu, or, or Shai as we will know her, uh, can do some things that they very much need 
but in in their belief, she is uh, a criminal and does terrible things. And yet those are what is required. They have to make a difficult decision to uh, to ask her for help, and they decide that they're go- that they're going to. I'm very impressed by the speed of all this setup, because in the course of like a page and a half, we get a, a decent sense of the central conflict and a like very quick rundown on the political situation here, specifically of Gaotona is was respected but is no longer does not get along with Frava, but the fact that he is agreeing with her is is a big deal. Uh, his main drive seems to be, yes, he wants this this woman to help with the task at hand, but also is like, I want to know what her deal is. Given that we just got through a whole book where we were like, what's the plot of Elantris <laughs> <laughs> in the penultimate episode? It's, it's kind of refreshing to see this speed run. Here's the plot of The Emperor's Soul. Yeah. <laughs> Page and a half. Two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's roughly the prologue. <laughs> like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> straightforward. Like, I was commenting earlier that my notes are very straightforward for this reading because the um, the story that we read so far is a mixture of similes, metaphors, uh, and uh, what's the word? Narrative, I guess. Pro- the procession of plot. So I, it's a lot of vibes. There's just so many vibes going on in this story. So much like ruminating on things as well, which yeah. I like. Uh, yeah, I have no notes for the prologue. I took my notes on like what the stamp itself looks like in the illustration. And then my first note is about the day two chapter in which I was about to get very upset with Justin for giving me an inaccurate map because it's very clearly said that uh, Shai's pit is circular and your map was rectangular <laughs> but we later learned that that is not in fact the map of the key prison room to come no yeah yeah the the map that I drew covers probably 90% of this book but we haven't yet arrived there so we have uh, we have a couple other locations to visit uh, but yeah we'll start away here with with day two uh, this is the 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 chapter naming here we're going to progress through uh, as we learn in a little bit, uh, there is a, a looming 100-day deadline. So uh, we can uh, kind of very neatly track the, the percentages there, starting off early on. And we meet Shai. We, she had been mentioned in the prologue, and here she is. Uh, she is in a very unusual prison cell. It is a, uh, it's a circular room. It's kind of a pit and the wall is made out of a huge variety of, of types of stone, uh, including some that would, you would not normally use as, as good building materials. There's some that's kind of crumbly and, and, and whatnot. But uh, she, she tells us in the narration uh, what the point is here, which is, uh, we don't quite know the, the mechanisms of, of forgery yet, but she says that you have to know something's past and kind of understand how it got there. And so this, this particular prison cell uh, has, is made to, to confuse 
and stop her specifically from all these different materials and all these different sources. We have we have already reached one of my favorite bits of every new magic system in the Cosmere of a sentence is spoken with no context attached to it and I have to write down all of my notes of I think it means that this is how this works but I don't know yet. <laughs> what was the uh, the first culprit here? I, it was pretty much what you said of just soul stamp in quotations because I don't know what that is yet requires knowing something's nature slash past and requires a soul stone but then like the next sentence is like you don't technically need soul stone you just it's, right. it would be very very nice to have yeah <laughs> yeah she is going to attempt to free herself from this this prison cell uh, with a, a bent fork and a chunk of wood and, and that's that's all she's got uh, but she's actually interrupted uh, pretty soon in this because the uh, the guards are coming, and uh, they have they've come to to interrogate her or to bring her to the arbiters. And this is uh, this this is a development that Shy doesn't yet know which way it's going to go. It's something other than I'm going to be locked in here until they execute me. Uh, but it's it's probably not a a good sign yet. We also learn how she ended up in this prison, uh, which is that uh, she had been attempting to steal uh, the Moon Scepter, some fun uh, artifact names there, uh, and replace it with a copy. Uh, but she had been betrayed by the Imperial Fool, and he has run off, and she got left behind and, and put in this cell. Yeah. Uh what I really like about this cell design, and by like I mean this is a strange choice for them. Uh, what if she were resistant? What What if she were like, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave this cell. You know, like knock her out and then firemen carry her up a ladder. <laughs> it is a little inconvenient. Yeah, like a, a level floor prison is convenient because you can drag someone out of a cell, but this one, uh, get the pulley. <laughs> that we had some they don't those. have pulleys only the lord ruler had oh, no. access to pulleys it was the key ingredient in one of the caches it's a key technology that almost no one in the cosmere has access to <laughs> i remember um something from when when brandon was talking about writing this story uh, i don't remember if it was a replacement for the prologue or a replacement for this this first day uh, but there was originally a scene where uh, the Imperial Fool was actually present. Uh, we've read about half this story now, and, and he has not shown up. Uh, but he he stopped by basically just to kind of taunt Shy in prison uh, for, for getting caught because of whatever he did. Uh, but Brandon rewrote it because it was it was too distracting of a character who then as far as we have seen doesn't show up and so it was it was uh it worked better to actually just start with shy by herself i think that makes sense i think it's also it's just a very interesting um story beat to have the first chapter be day two like that kind of already just there's something that feels off about that in a way that i really like um because it's 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 kind of telling you oh time has already been wasted in one way or another mm -hmm. 
I like the lesson that Shy learns from her uncle. Uh, no matter how good you were, some someone was better. Uh, if you've ever applied for a job before, if you've ever had to apply for ten jobs in a row because they ghost you or won't listen or decline you, you know this feeling. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I have. I have had that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Pretty great. We have a uh, another character here who we will will come to see uh, through these chapters. Uh, it is the the captain of the guard or the the strikers as they're called. Uh, and Shy remembers some details. She's very good at at picking out particular details, which is uh, appropriate considering what we see that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she remembers uh, this particular guard and his horse. Apparently, he had a very nice horse that was involved with her capture. Uh, he also remembers her and does not like her. The first. Uh, thing he says to her is, I'm going to enjoy killing you, woman. So <laughs> off to a, a lovely start there. Not only is that the first thing he says to her, I believe it's also the second and the third. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's consistent. It's true. We also, we're learning a little bit about the uh, demographics of this area. And we learn that Shy is uh, my pawn. She knows how to mm-hmm. use my pawn sticks. Uh-huh. The sticks! Mm. Shy, your sticks! Also confirmed that this takes place on Cell, which yeah, I think I already knew. We also, yeah, we get we get that, and we also get like in this reading several mentions of Swordish. Like I, I know Justin, you said it's not very directly connected, but I was surprised at like there's several dots in here of like, oh yeah, that's absolutely in the same world. Otherwise, it would make no sense why that line's there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I think it's it's fun to see the. Uh kind of the view of these things from a different part of the world. Uh, but it is a quite a different part of the world. And I, I don't remember the chronology, but I don't think they, they overlap. Uh, and so the events of Elantris, at least from what we've seen, haven't shown up at all, but we do get to, to see the uh, kind of the, the view from over here. Speaking from of from over here, I do have a legitimate question. So, cell, I believe, is a reference to the planet. Yes. What What is Opalon? Is that a continent? Is that just like a region? Because Aralon is the country, but Opalon is just like that's what the big big map was. And I don't know what that actually refers to now. Uh, Opalon is the continent. Okay. I am, right. I am confirming from the the copper mind. Cool. It's also, I don't remember exactly where it is. I'm going to wait to see if I can spot it while we're doing... Oh, okay, yeah. There is another specific connection that I thought was also very interesting, but we'll get to that in a couple of pages. Okay. As uh, Shai is being brought to uh, the Arbiters who we met earlier, uh, we're getting some more uh, political and historical context. Uh, we have the the Heritage Faction are the, the current rulers uh, who are therefore the the emperor and and his his arbiters uh, and they are uh, they're very much a uh, I want to say reminiscing it's it's not quite the right term but they, they they place a lot of emphasis on the the history of the the empire and they want to to emulate and call back to things from the past 
very nostalgic. Yeah, it's it, it's like a very lowercase conservative, like divorced <laughs> from how we think of that word in American politics, mm-hmm. just in terms of like, let's quite literally conserve our traditions and our culture and look back and make sure we're preserving that. Um, which we learn that there's a lot of factions and it's interesting to think that like, okay, this is one faction that focuses on this one particular thing. And it's, it's interesting to think about what the other factions would focus on because it is not a two party system here in, do do we even know the name of the empire? I think we do. Rose empire. This is the Rose empire. Yes. Okay. There's also some, uh, some commentary from, from Shai's narration, uh, we we know enough of the uh, about forgery reading through this section to have some more context for this but not much to start off uh but these these displays of of ancient uh artifacts these urns that are in the hall uh shy suspects that these are in fact forgeries that have been had have been made to imitate the the old style uh, and she notes that it is the same thing as what she does, which they consider to be kind of unholy, uh, except that doing it to objects, totally fine. Doing it to a person can't be done in, in their mind. It's interesting. We'll go deeper into Gautona's kind of motivations later, but just from the surface dig that we did that, you know, he oh, such wasted potential and all that. But then he talks like, with admiration of like the forgers but they're just forging they're not making anything new i don't know forgery sucks <laughs> <laughs> well that's an interesting question i i think we'll uh we'll get to to look at that of yeah it we see the the effort that shy is going to go through uh and and some of the things that she talks about that she has done in order to make a copy of something so what do, where do we end up with that? I think that'll be interesting to see. There's so many little moments in this section that I just love. <laughs> I just want to shotgun all of them at the same time, but we'll get to them as we get to them, I guess. <laughs> all right, yeah. Great. We get to the, the meeting itself. Uh, we have the, the Arbiters here. Uh, I don't think we ever get any names of them other than the the two the two significant ones we have it so far according to my cast list (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all five of them are there Uh, we have a name for the emperor uh, emperor ashravan yeah we we learn a little more about frava who is uh, the probably the the most powerful other than ashravan it says here uh, given the the control that that she wields and uh, Shy has apparently wanted to rob her for quite some time. <laughs> the uh, interrogation slash negotiation, as it is, uh, begins here. And Frava gets to do the, the thing that's fun for us, which is listing off all of, uh, all of Shy's crimes, which is a, uh, just kind of a, a fun backstory to imagine. We had her impersonating a noblewoman of rank, breaking into the Imperial Gallery, reforging her soul, and of course, the attempted theft of the Moon Scepter. And then we get a a fun twist here, which I I quite appreciate, uh, which is that 
Frava is is somewhat dismissive of you know of course we're going to recognize the the forgery that you did of this this vital artifact uh and shine knows that the the vital artifact is in fact gone and the one that they think is the real one is the forgery yeah i really dig the start of this interrogation of frava is just going on and on and we, since we're from Shai's POV, just see all her little commentary of how wrong she is. Yeah. And all the all, all Shai's little judgments. It's very fun. And I, I, yeah, I love all the little bits of Shai putting on this front of confidence and, yeah, exactly, like, constantly being like, oh, I, I, that was real close to me getting, uh, getting proven wrong there. Um <laughs> And just like barely managing to skirt by, even though she's pretending to be very confident. I really like how Frava is very subtly pulling the strings here, too. I mean, she doesn't know as much as Shy does, but she mm-hmm. knows enough to make her, like, hurt her pride, I guess. And Shy is very motivated by pride, you can yeah. kind of tell. So, yeah. This scene reminded me, I don't remember if I brought it up. Uh, when we were reading, going all the way back to um, probably like the second episode we did of this podcast, way back in Final Empire. It's the first, it's one of the first scenes with Vin when uh, Cayman is preparing for uh, meeting with the the obligator and Vin has come along and they're like setting up their whole act. Uh, I remember reading, uh, it might've been in the annotations or it might've been in, in one of Brandon's other things on how in the original draft, Vin's internal monologue was a lot more, uh, I guess, snarky about you know nitpicking all of these things that Cayman was doing wrong and and saying and kind of building herself up as this like very knowledgeable like um, very knowledgeable person. And he dialed that back because it didn't it didn't work with where Vin's character was at the time. And coming back to that sort of a scene here in Emperor's Soul, we're starting this book with Shai already an expert in what she does. And so here we do get to have that scene. I like that. The uh, The next detail we have here is that Shai also had uh, a painting. This was the one that they were inspecting in the prologue. It is a, a copy of a, a well-known masterpiece and and there is a bit of a um, Sam. This is what you're talking about with the way that Frava is uh, is in, is choosing to kind of guide this along. Uh, in the prologue from Gautona's POV, he was talking about how this was you know nearly a perfect forgery, and how the detail in the brush strokes was was so close of a match, and it was it, you know it was this incredible work. Uh, and then Frava here too shy is, is saying it was you know, amateur at best and we easily spotted it so trying to kind of get under her skin there there's so many mind games in this book i love oh, yeah. it and doing the reread too like obviously when i was you know reading this through the first time and not looking back uh, i didn't realize that that shy in fact knew that the painting that's there is not the real one and that the painting that they that they well know is a forgery was done as an obvious forgery. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so yeah, great. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
So Shai is, is starting to get a read on the situation here. Uh, and what she realizes from, first of all, from the fact that they have brought her here at all. And second, from the, the kind of mood and attitude in the room is that uh, this isn't just an interrogation. There's there's some sort of bargain that they need. They, they, they need to ask her for something and they're prepared to make a deal. And so she steps first and just says, okay, let's let's negotiate. I'd like to hear the, <laughs> the terms of your arrangement. And in fact, she starts with requesting her payment, which Frava says, you're going to be executed. What payment are you talking about? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it says, exactly. Girl, you are to be executed on the morrow. <laughs> Girl. There's a whole kind of, of game of, uh, uh, of bluffing back and forth here uh, with Shai saying, oh, I could have escaped at any time. Uh, and, and Frava pointing out that the, the cell she was in was specifically designed to hold forgers with its 30 types of stone and all that. And she says, well, it was 44. Uh, and is is glad that she got that detail right because she wasn't she had just finished that catalog and wasn't totally sure of it uh but the the reaction from from gautona says yep got it right 44 that was good <laughs> that happens like three times in a row she's like okay glad i got that right but it's like yes i know all about the the plates of the unforgeable metal behind the cell shy guest next page <laughs> mm-hmm I she like slumps down into a chair like I got this so confident and then oh thank god it looks like they actually bought it <laughs> and she goes on to say the most ridiculous escape plan I, like I'm, I'll, I'll turn it into anthracite and I'll burn it like okay that's great but you're also you are in you are in a hollow thing with an entrance at the top you are in a kiln <laughs> I appreciate that gets directly called out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beth mentioned that at one point. Shai says, "Thank God." She specifically says a quiet prayer to the unknown God, which is where we reach the interesting connection I found. Because if we look back once more, it's that time again <laughs> to Elantris. <laughs> I don't think it's mentioned at all in the body of the text at all. But if you go mm-hmm. all the way to the postscript. Um, yep. Hoyd actually does mention the unknown god uh, as kind of a reference point. Um, we don't really learn anything about it aside from apparently the unknown god's domain is the sky or heaven or something to that effect. Um, but interesting to get that that specific hmm. god name dropped a couple times uh, with with interesting frequency. That's specifically non-specific god name. Yes. <laughs> specific and it's an unspecificity yeah yeah i like how i had to specify we don't know that much about it it's like yes caleb it's the unknown god (laughs) they don't know that much about Uh, it (laughs) so with us like halfway through our first chapter there's already a couple things that i want to to talk about uh that I'm, i'm glad have been brought up um one of which is the unknown god, which I was I was considering mentioning in the Elantris uh, postscript stuff, uh, but uh, I I realize that it is mentioned again here, uh, and this I I think I can explain a little bit of because it's a it's a decision that Brandon made that I quite appreciate. Uh, there are 
there are a couple of of places in the Cosmere where you'll you'll hear reference to the unknown god or the god beyond uh, is another name that's used. And this is is probably the closest that we have uh, to a like. There's some similar similarity there to like the Judeo Christian god of this here Earth, uh, and. It is something that Brandon has said he will never answer of does the unknown God actually exist? Because it is a fundamental part of some characters belief and also not a fundamental part of other characters belief. And if we as the readers know that some of them are wrong, it, it under, it undermines a big chunk of like how they actually see the world. So Shy believes in the unknown god, which may be a thing in the Cosmere, and we will never be able to know if that's if that's true. I also think I like that. I I, I very much loved the end of Sazed's character arc of being like you just you have to decide whether or not you have faith, and that's all there really is to it of whether or not you believe in God. And at the end of the story, it's like, oh, and now he is a literal god. There's right. full on confirmation <laughs> that gods exist. This is a real thing. Um, I, I do kind of enjoy the the conversations you can have about faith and characters with faith if it is still an unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, there have been two uh, kind of Cosmere nods that we've already gone past. One of which I'm going to leave till later. Uh, but the other of which is, uh, I, I think it's a, a fun one. The, the unforgeable metal, Raukalast, that uh, Shai successfully guessed was probably lining the cell behind all the stone. Uh, that is a fantasy name for a real material. Any guesses? Duralumin. <laughs> Off by one. Is it aluminum? aluminum? Yeah. Yes. That, makes, that, that checks out. Aluminum yes. is just the least magic metal in all of the universe. Yes. No, this is a thing that will start to, to recur is... Aluminum has anti-magic properties in many places. Uh, and also because, um, again, going back to, I think, the beginning of, of Well of Ascension, where we talked uh, metallurgy and Sam name-dropped Duralumin like two episodes early, <laughs> um, it's it was very difficult to get a hold of for a long time. And so something showing up and being made out of aluminum is oftentimes a hint of uh, the characters here know what they're doing and like have specifically sought out anti-magic metal. That's also really cool. Like, I feel like if I had spent more time thinking about that, I could have pieced it together because it is also specified. Raukalest is very weak and like easy to break down and also very flammable. I think it's very cool to have such like we're, we're starting to get some Cosmere-wide consistencies in the magic, which is dope. I also think it's kind of funny. It's like, aluminum just fucking sucks, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> magic it's just never, hates it. never going to be helpful. It's always <laughs> going to be a problem. Ah, uh, I was trying to take very good notes every time I saw something that stuck out to me. So now I'm going to be curious what, what, what the other one is I missed, Justin. But we can get to that later. We can indeed. Uh, going on with the... Uh, the negotiations here where shy has successfully bluffed that she actually could have uh, could have escaped uh, and yeah she 
she says, okay, you need me to do something and it must be very important because you're asking me to do it. So let's, let's talk my fee. And uh, Frava is, is kind of trying to, to keep a hold of this. And she says, you know, I, I could just have you executed right now. And, and Shai has correctly deduced the position that she's in and says, but you won't. So let's, let's negotiate. Gautana had, uh, had apparently said that this would be a, a difficult negotiation and that uh, it would be hard to manipulate Shai. Uh, yeah, and, and here you have another, another just kind of casual connection uh, where Shai is, is, finds it difficult to read, uh, to get a read on Gautana, like trying to read a book in Sfordish. Hey, that's a language. And uh, now that Shai has established that she does, uh, in fact, have this this kind of control and can can demand this payment, uh, we get to the payment, which is her essence marks. This is a uh, we have a, a wooden case here, uh, and then five soul stamps, and then a a, a journal that goes along with it. And we learn that these uh, let her rewrite her own history, personality, and soul. And these particular things are what the the empire here considers to be uh, an abomination. They're illegal, they are kind of blasphemous, uh, and they were to be destroyed but if Shai can can accomplish this task that they have, then they will be returned to her. And I will say, I like Shai. I'm rooting for her. I understand why she's frustrated that everyone keeps telling her that everything she does is an abomination. You could do some really fucked up stuff with Essence Marks. <laughs> <laughs> They're not entirely wrong that it's something they should be kind of concerned about. Yeah, I... I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. I'm not sure why she's so hell-bent on having... Like, she seems like her own person. She seems like she has a soul right now. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I assume it's sort of like a a fake passport, but more thorough because it is literally changing who you are. Like, you can use these temporarily. I don't know if these would be necessarily permanent changes. Um, But they are the sorts of things that are very helpful for being a master thief and master forger and getting away with stuff. That's kind of what I'm, what my assumption was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a, a majority of the book here is a, a kind of very deep dive into what a soul stamp can do. That also reminds me of a specific tick that Shy has that I really, really love which is she's she's not doing it literally because she's not have access to her essence marks but whenever she is faced with a particularly tough situation she tells herself okay pretend you're someone who can deal with this and like she like has to mentally forge herself to prepare herself for something which is actually similar to a trick i have pulled before when i get anxiety about something is i just go okay imagine you're someone who does not have anxiety about this and just pretend like you're that person doing it. I really love that. I think it's really cool and really fun. 
same. I was gonna bring up the exact same thing. Like, it's it's kind of like fake it till you make it, but to such an extreme of like, imagine yourself to be a different person. Well, I guess that is faking it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the the way it is phrased is is feels particularly juicy. I don't know why, but I agree. It's very good. Yeah, and it does, and then it has the added, like, context of this is someone who literally does use magic that can change who you are. So the fact that her brain also thinks of it in that way, even when it's not literally using soul stamps, it feels very, like, tidy from a writing perspective that that's Mm -hmm. how she thinks. Yeah, and it's a great, like, cultural kind of touchstone here uh, of, like, this is... I feel like I struggled to think of an example, like uh, obviously acting, right? Acting is, you know, pretend you're Brad Pitt or whatever, like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting that like it's its own culture, like this is its own thing. And it's so ingrained in people that that's like what they do. You're good. We, we all like this. It's, we all like how cool this is. Yeah. Overall, there's not a ton of, of humor in this book so far, but the transition here after Shai has uh, accepted the, the offer uh, always does make me chuckle uh, with the, the opening sentence of the next paragraph of Shai had never met an emperor before, let alone poked one in the face. The same. I could fully picture just a, a very funny jump cut of her like agreeing to the deal and being like, show me what you need, and then just cut to an uncomfortable close-up of the Emperor's face yep. as she pokes it. Yep. <laughs> and I would be very tempted to take that clip and and overdub it with a comical clown honk as she pokes the face. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably one of my top ten sentences that Brandy Sandy has written that I've read so far. <laughs> it's it's a good one. It's a great one. But, I mean, we are going to kind of snap back here because it is a funny sentence, but the Emperor has nearly been assassinated and is basically in a coma or a, a vegetative state of some sort. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to try to diagnose this fictional character. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there was a recently uh, an attempted... Uh, assassination and uh, the uh, Gauchina explains here that uh, there were uh, that two days ago uh, the there were some assassins who broke into the palace Uh, they they killed the emperor's wife Uh, the emperor was shot in the head with a crossbow bolt which Shai says well considering that he's looking quite quite good uh, we we learned that there is a sort of an offshoot of forgery called resealing, uh, or as Shai knows it, is flesh forgery, which is an uncomfortable term. Yeah. Which involves kind of uh, magically convincing a uh, a body to to regrow and and uh, heal from wounds it's uncomfortable and it's also like it's it's even more i think um showing how 
kind of cherry picking the heritage faction is about Mm -hmm. what's allowed and what's not because this is also like really could be used for really messed up purposes and the fact that it's like oh well that's fine because we use it for healing and we save the emperor with it but soul forgery no not at all not allowed (laughs) um it it kind of is already showing that there is a quite a bit of hypocrisy in what they consider an abomination versus what they're totally fine with as long as it helps them. And we haven't even met the bone and blood guy yet. <laughs> yup. But uh but yeah, here is the uh here is the situation that the the heritage faction finds itself in. Uh which is that they've they've managed to heal the emperor's body. Uh, but something something happened to his mind. He suffered a severe head injury, uh, and he has not responded in the last two days. Uh, and if they don't do something about this, he's going to lose his rule, which will then remove all of them from power as well. So, as one of the uh, one of the surgeons who must have have done the the resealing is there. Uh, as he describes it, we have given the emperor a new brain. It is merely empty. They they want to keep this act up for fifty years. It's the part that kills me, because he's forty <laughs> and he could rule for another fifty years. That's that's a long ass time to pretend someone's to to fucking uh, what's the movie? Uh, weaken at Bernie's. Yes, to weaken at Bernie's <laughs> an emperor. <laughs> It's a long time. Yeah, we'd uh, for their sake, I guess we'd better hope that uh, Shy is very good at her job. But yeah, here is uh, here is the the request as they have it, uh, which is there is a uh, the official explanation as as to why the emperor has not been seen in two days uh, is that he is in mourning for his his wife's death she was she was assassinated in the attack uh, and that the custom is that he would spend 100 days mourning i'm imagining that this would probably be in mostly seclusion but they could they could much more easily spin that into being total seclusion for 100 days rather than if this didn't happen and they just had to make it some excuse as to why he couldn't be seen for for over 3 months uh but at the end of a hundred days, there'd better be an emperor again, or else everything falls apart for the heritage faction. And so that is Shai's job, is she is going to forge a new soul for the emperor and, and so that he can he can make his dramatic reappearance. And uh, yeah, here, here we have, this is kind of, I think, Shai in a nutshell of uh, Gautona asks, can you do it? I have no idea, Shy thought. Yes, she said. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we're off. Yeah. I really like how she's like, give me everything anyone's ever said about him. And mm-hmm. Prava's like, all right. <laughs> and, and yeah, one of the other arbiters is saying, you know, there's, those are sealed records. They're personal effects. You can't, you can't have access to those. And then, uh, everyone shy and frava both included are just are, are just look at him of this is not the time <laughs> to uh to obey those uh, you know pesky regulations and all that 
we have a bigger problem to solve. But uh, yeah, she has requested everything that they have about him. Uh, also a, a test subject, someone who is is kind of close enough to the emperor. And she, she says that it's a, a test so that she can see if she can get the personality right. Uh, and then in her narration says, it's going to be a miracle to get something that works at all, much less getting exact details right. Like this is, this is essentially an impossible task. Yeah, it's really funny to see like the whole negotiation scene before this, where Shai is like, you know, having to put on a, a face of confidence. But at the end of the scene, she's like, "Okay, yeah, I've got this. I know I've got them right where I want them." Mm-hmm. And then it gets to this, and it just gets worse and worse. Of okay, this is probably impossible when I do what I can. Oh, I only have a hundred days. Oh, that's that's even more impossible. Oh, and then they're probably going to kill me once I'm done. Right. <laughs> yeah, she she's preparing for this this task that uh, may may be impossible. Uh, and, and her mental timeline is this is going to take probably two years. I'm thinking this is like, you know, doing like it, uh, this is like writing a, a dissertation or something. Like this is this is an enormous project. And then Frava says, you have three months. You have you have to write it at the pace that Brandon Sanderson would write his books. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, given that given that constraint, uh, Shy feels that she should up her demands uh, and is is just going to get paid. Just says, I, I need gold. Uh, and and you've got a number you're thinking of. Uh, double it. That's what I want. I I really want to do that. Uh, uh, I might be getting a promotion soon. Yay. Uh, and yeah, I really want to do that during my salary negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> T- take, take what you're thinking, I'll demand and double it. If they say, okay, sure, then that's a concerning sign. Yeah. Damn, they're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's that's Shai's assumption here, is she makes this demand for double it. Frava says, yep, done. And Shai says, great. Uh, if they're willing to tell me that that easily, it means they're probably just going to kill me. She would be a very loose end if they didn't. So I kind of mm-hmm. get her trepidation here. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, the last parts of her demand are uh, a place to work, you know, a, a room to stay in, a room to actually do her studies in. She'll need her tools, all that. Uh, and also a bath because, you know, got to be comfortable. <laughs> and then on day three, we arrive at the the map that I provided, where we have we have Shai's prison room, uh, and we're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this is day three of a possible one hundred, and we're gonna we're gonna get right to it. Uh, she has her her room. It's not a great room. Uh, it's it's tiny. It's very plain. Uh, it smells like there's mildew in here. It's not great. Uh, but uh, but it is it, it is better than a cell barely, uh, mm-hmm. and shortly after, uh, Gauchina is there to to deliver some of her supplies, uh, and also Captain Zoo, who we now have a name for, and he still wants to kill her. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Stab me? <laughs> <laughs> 
although Shai is pretty confident that as of right now, she will not get stabbed because of the aforementioned big negotiation over this impossible thing that she has to do. <laughs> but then again, she also is confident that at the end of it, she is going to get stabbed. So, <laughs> uh, and and this this morning, at uh, the beginning of her task, Gautana has delivered some supplies. Uh, so we see uh, Soulstone uh, and her uh, her tools, her carving chisels. It's a kind of just kind of a fun thing here of uh, this soul stone. The way that it it works, it is uh, it is a very relatively soft material, so you can carve it quite easily. Uh, but it holds detail very well, and then you can uh, apply a flame to it, and it will harden. So then you can use it to to stamp things with. So if you need to carve some incredibly precise stamps, here's a, an excellent material to do it with. <laughs> I love the description. This is a very cool o- object in this mm-hmm. world, Soulstone. If there was a, uh, a a screen adaptation of this, I would love to see some like really nice, just like long close-up shots of Shy working, of just seeing this carving happen. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I just want... It clarifies later that when you stamp something, it, like, sinks the pattern into whatever you're stamping. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it would have a very satisfying texture. I just want to poke it. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the fact that, like, you stamp down and then apparently you have to turn it a little bit to, like, really set it in. And I'm picturing... Or not picturing... I'm imagining sound design on that. I want it to be a really satisfying sound of stamping things yeah. as well. Oh my god. So much satisfaction going on here. I, <laughs> like <Yeah>. it touches <laughs> touches the object and then there's a pause and then it pushes in just mm-hmm. enough so that the stamp's indented. Then you twist it and pull it off. Ah. Man, that one scene of Woody getting cleaned in Toy Story 2 <laughs> is going to have nothing on this. <laughs> I'm even imagining like how you would build the props for the carving because like you could just ha- have an actor or like i guess the close-up could be anyone's hands mm-hmm. someone who's really good at it but also you could do it where it's uh, i don't know how to describe this in a way that makes that's going to be fun to listen to so i probably won't go into detail but like i'm imagining how to build the prop so that the carving comes out properly when the actor does the carving and it would just be, it's just, it's just cool to think about. It's just really cool. It's very cool. <laughs> and Shy stole a vase. Yeah, and she just stole a vase. <laughs> she, she is in full on, what are you going to do, stab me mode. Of like, yes, I'm, I'm in a tiny prison cell and being guarded almost all the time. But other than that, they can't do anything to me. So yeah, I'm just going to take this vase. I also like the note of how one of the guards did try to stop her but she was able to to convince him that it was that it was okay uh and now that that the boss is here now that gauchona and zoo are here and and did you steal a vase this guard is now feeling a little bad about that <laughs> but yeah then we get uh we get some some detail on the way that uh that these stamps look where you have you have the stamp itself kind of sunk into the uh, the material that it's on, uh, and the the rim kind of the if you imagine like a wax seal where the wax the wax presses up around the edge, 
uh, yeah, it's it's very cool looking. And uh, and and yeah, another just kind of little semantic debate where Shai says, I took this because I wanted to see how your forgers worked. And Gautama says, well, they're not forgers, they're rememberers. And uh, <laughs> it is... It seems very much like a uh, a minute distinction. There, there is a minute distinction, but it's also again just looking at like the culture of this world. It's interesting that Gautona does specify, oh well, we don't mess with souls because that's not allowed. That's an abomination. But then he talks a lot about, well, it's a matter of intent, and then we learn more about how the magic system works and actual literal. And I'm thinking back to like the Ars Arcanum from Elantris and how a lot of magic also relies on the intent of the user to a degree Capital I intent exactly <laughs> so just the idea that like people just kind of think in those terms in uh, to specify like well that's why this is different from that and in the case of magic that's literally true but in the case of like cultural differences between rememberers and forgers it smells a lot more like bullshit but it's interesting that that's how it's phrased <laughs> The other thing that I, I think is, uh, is is kind of a cool uh, end to this this little digression about the vase uh, is that uh, as as Shai removes the uh, the forger's seal, uh, which also would be a, a kind of a very satisfying thing where it kind of pops off as a distinct action. Uh, they get she gets back the the original vase itself uh and it's a really crappy vase you know it's 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 not very well shaped it's it's just a a single boring color and shy is thinking about how uh whoever made this vase knew that it was just going to be forged into something else and so didn't care about how they actually did it just kind of slapped out a vase Uh, and we're gonna see a lot kind of one of the recurring themes here is uh like personal pride in one's own skill and one's own one's own art so shy looking at this this vase and and saying the potter who made this did not care at all i think is a an interesting look so now gauchan is going to talk about the kind of the next piece of the puzzle here for him which is how do they uh prevent shy from escaping because it's this this interesting situation where she is a prisoner, uh, but the nature of what they need her to do means that she has quite a bit of of freedom otherwise. So, he you know he says uh, we we can't trust you without supervision. She says, well, you can just have guards, and 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 he says, well, I I know that you would be able to to talk your way past them. I I can. I can trust that that would happen. In the adaptation of this, I want the camera to focus back in on the guard who let the vase get stolen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when well, and, and Zoo is there too. Of you know, he he's he's already taken this very personally with with Shai's original theft. So, but uh, and and Gauchino says we can't just chain you up because you would just you know, forge them into soap or something and then break them and, and, and leave. And there's a, this I think is kind of our first, first look into forgery 
because Shai is thinking about that statement and says, well, that doesn't make, you couldn't do that because a, a chain and manacles made out of soap doesn't make logical sense. You can't think of a way that that would happen. And so you couldn't, you couldn't change your manacles to be in that scenario. What she could do is make one of the links weak and then break that one link because that's much more plausible of whoever was was crafting this chain messed up one of the links and didn't notice that's a that's a much more reasonable explanation and so it's something that you could forge this is one of the most interesting pieces of this story in general for me um mistborn right you have to be a misting or a mistborn to burn the metal um, mm-hmm. Elantris, you have to be an Elantrian to do Elantrian things, or you have to go to decor or whatever. Right. Um, but this, it seems like if you learn the art, you can just do it. Is that so? Like Ga- Gautona could learn how this actually works if he cared. <laughs> or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I'm curious. Gautona might, but I'm curious based on the Art Arcanum. I I wonder if it is like Rayodin. And Serene would not be able to because they are from a different part of the world. And as we've learned, the magic systems of Cell appear to be based on where were you born. That determines mm-hmm. what kind of magic you can do. Um, but I do agree. And again, that's that's kind of another thing with a uh, connection with Aeondor of if you're born in Aerolon. Well, no, I guess you do. No, you got to be taken by the Shayad. But it is also a matter of like, if you just study enough, you you can get good at this but if you don't put any in any effort then you're not going to be able to do any magic so i don't think this ever comes up specifically in this book so i i can answer that because i i did just look it up uh it is little of column a little of column b uh you brandon has said it is location based uh in that you you do need to be uh you do need to be born in the rose empire uh, although apparently it's a little fuzzy of you know born in the rose empire and or having that heritage and like the the borders are a little blurry and that sort of thing but yes other than that basic requirement you just need to learn how to do it cool very cool so further in this discussion uh we we return to the uh the the complaint that that both of you had on shy's escape plan uh, <laughs> and we see that that gautuna is a pretty well informed uh because he he's uh he's responding to her comment of oh i could have escaped my previous cell easily uh and and he says right with the with the anthracite trick where it would burn at hundreds of degrees if you could make it light and then it would uh in in actually thousands of degrees it would it would burn at thousands of degrees it would consume all of the air in the room and and then what would you do so he's uh he is a little more uh well informed than i think shy expected i a appreciate that of like oh he's a smart dude that's awesome and b i think that is a well-timed calling of shy's bullshit because we've seen her get away with a lot over these last like what 20 pages Mm -hmm. and this helps 
remind you that it's like she can't just always lie and win. There are stakes to this. People are seeing through her. And I think that it it was a well-timed reminder of that so that it didn't seem like she could just keep doing this ad infinitum. Kind of elucidates how good Gautona is, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That he's he, he he's the first one to it. actually yeah yeah it's a battle of wits <laughs> mind games and uh, shy in fact in the book is uh, is fairly complimentary of uh, of his uh, his research and she says you think like a forger uh, which he's not happy about and uh, we we passed over it but during his talk about how. Uh, how she would just manipulate the guards uh, when he was describing that she said thank you and he said it wasn't a compliment uh, and then after after being said that he thinks like a forger he's not very happy about and and she says that was a compliment and I, <laughs> I, I like that exchange <laughs> and then here we have yeah this is the uh, this is the question that that Sam you wanted to to kind of open where uh, Gautana says, I've, I've seen, I saw the painting that you did. I've seen some of the other their works that you've done. You have an enormous amount of talent and you're using it to, to fake things. You're using it to copy other people. And, and Shai takes quite a bit of offense at this. And I, th- I think it's, it's very interesting that the, the comparison that she makes uh, is the as she puts the assembly line forgers who were making all of the the vases in the hallway uh, who are also using forgery but in shy's mind are not accomplishing art so even even here with the discussion on uh, not just like the categories of magic and you know what is what's fine to do and what's an abomination even here in the, in the discussion of what is an artistic skill and what is is cheap imitation, there's some very very fine lines being drawn, and I like it. And speaking of some of the best sentences Brandon has ever written, threatening to execute her was one thing, but insulting her art? I love that so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can excuse execution, but I draw the line at insulting yep. my art. <laughs> exactly what i was thinking uh and then we get we get right to another uh interesting line being drawn uh because yeah according to the heritage faction uh forging objects is fine forging the human body fine forging a human soul no good blood magic fine (laughs) totally kosher well there's a bit of an asterisk on that we don't love it, but like, no, but if we'll it do helps, it. look at you like you're kind of a weirdo. But <laughs> yeah, because here is uh, here is how Shy is going to be uh, kept uh, in control. Uh, first of all, Gautona and Cap- and uh, Captain Zhu are going to be monitoring her as much as is practical, uh, and then when that's not the case, uh, we have the uh the blood sealer who arrives uh caleb has described this as do your job or we'll hand you over to the lich king which uh (laughs) yeah this guy uh this guy looks like no good uh he does 
a a similar sort of of magic with uh, with symbols and marks, uh, but instead of ink, this symbol is applied with Shy's blood, and uh, the 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 thing that that she is told uh, is that, or she's not actually told specifically. She she understands it uh, is that if uh, if she leaves the room, then this will uh, this will I guess alert the the blood sealer who will then hunt her down and probably kill her so yeah that's weird and creepy and not good and his only payment is her bones (laughs) because of course over the top creepy and evil this guy is like he's he's got red eyes he's like if she leaves my pets will come for her and her bones will be my payment it's like bro calm down Sam was the first one to make the reference in our Discord, but the bones are their money. (laughs) Are they money or are they just like a collectible? No, your bones will become his next pest. This promise was all he requested in payment. Yeah, they specify payment. Yeah, he's getting paid in bones. I'm just quibbling over the use of the word. Yeah, I'm I'm quibbling over the use of the word money. (laughs) The bones are their money. So is the blood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a book to quibble over definitions. Yeah. Also worth noting, this whole stamp that he uses is made from a bone. Like this is that's just mm-hmm. his whole deal. That's his whole mm-hmm. gimmick. Yeah. Bones, blood. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the stage is now kind of set for Shy. Uh, she has her task in front of her. Uh, she has the the things that are going to keep her under control, uh, and work will begin. Uh, the next chapter is not even a full page, and the work begins. Montage. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're going to start uh, increasing the the pace here a little bit. We went from day two to day three, uh, now on to day five, and then right after that, day twelve. Uh, I didn't want to to specify the exact day numbers because that is in itself kind of a spoiler. But we're going to get all, all the way up to day forty two by the time we finish this this part so yeah it's it's time to start working on this problem i guess yeah figuring out all the answers to this emperor's uh security questions yeah (laughs) (laughs) what was the uh, name of his first pet i'm reminded of um yeah if you guys ever heard of kit boga Mm mm-hmm He's a, a scam baiter who calls like these scam phone lines to take over your computer and you know change your bank account password that kind of thing. Um, and he works with with uh, a bunch of different companies to like you know he works with any desk to shut down people. He works with Kraken to shut down their accounts. Kraken's a crypto program, um, and the Kraken people know him so well that somebody called to impersonate him. To try and get his password uh, from the Kraken people, but they recorded the call. The Kraken people did, um, and they recognized that oh, it's this guy, but it's not this guy. So the security question: one of them was, "What is your favorite brand of toothpaste?" <laughs> it's like, all right. What if somebody asks Astrovan, "What's your favorite brand of toothpaste?" and then the whole forgery just disappears. <laughs> Breaks. Just crumbles. 
uh, I, uh, it, uh, it has changed over the years, so this may not be the answer you're <laughs> expecting, but I promise right now it's Colgate. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, as we're starting to see the scope of this problem, Shine needs to rebuild a person from scratch all the way down to, you know, what's his favorite toothpaste? Uh, I think we get we get into it in this section, but things like why do you hate fish? <laughs> like that's that's something she apparently needs to know. And specifically the the favorite color thing and the the why behind the favorite color thing is a beautiful little detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she's so close with it is pretty amazing because that is just such a tiny little thing, but it's right. very. Imp- it informs his motivations in a broader sense. It's very cool. So let's uh, let's continue on through the montage. See uh, what we can check in with with what Shai's doing. Uh, getting to to day twelve, uh, and as we we join the chapter, uh, she's doing just some some casual forgery, uh, and this is the beginning of of like Caleb mentioned of of checking in on that uh, that sketch at the beginning of the the story. Uh, because she was tired of of working on this terrible desk and so said you know what i'm gonna spend a little bit of time make the desk better and as someone who has spent a lot of time tinkering with various sorts of personal workspaces i appreciate this sentiment (laughs) (laughs) just the the first couple paragraphs here shy from shy press their stamp down the tabletop to um, you know the table still gray splintery cedar blah 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 um it's just so like uh you can feel it yeah i don't know it's great um yeah. i don't know what the sens- sensual is a weird way to write it to to describe sensory, it sensory perhaps it's very sensory yeah absolutely um and just the soft i can picture the sound the soft chunk when she pushes it in yeah, sound design. <laughs> Gautana, who who has been here uh, just kind of casually reading, uh, notices this and has some, has some questions. The first of which is a, a practical, why were you wasting your time on this? And, and she says, you know, it, it helps me think, it helps me process, and I was tired of working at this terrible desk. <laughs> it's called the Pomodoro Method, Gautana. <laughs> gonna take a little bit to carve then i'll go back to my books yeah Uh, but it's it's interesting to see the results here because uh gautana has who has has been in the palace for a while uh it seems like vaguely knew what this this desk looked like at one point and he says this is not what it looked like you you didn't just restore it and and shy says well i added a little uh, and she, we, we get the, the process here where apparently uh, she learned this in the, the biographies of this was at one point a, a gift from Svorden. And then because of the political tensions, the, the very Svordish table was, was put down here and kind of just left to rot. Uh, but she has, has changed it now to to not only have been preserved but to be an even better version of what it originally was 
Sam, your your note was, uh, I think, somewhat uh, frustrated with with Gautana. Uh, you said he does not believe in this demonstrably true fact that things exist in many ways. <laughs> yeah, this is isn't this Mistborn DNA the the uh, what is it? Physical, cognitive, spiritual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> Uh, and it's like it it's uh but it's just like at worst this is philosophy it's not some ridiculously unconscionable thing that doesn't exist it, it's a thing what she's saying is reasonable in our world at least for most of it you know apart from the uh, some details but <laughs> well it is not to go to bat for Gaotona, i i agree with you here but this is expanding the use of those terms because we learned from Bureau of Ages that gods exist in these three terms. Shai is saying literally everything has all three of these things. And that's kind of the basis on how you can even change objects. Because I was, I, I will admit up until this page, I was really kind of struggling to understand, okay, are you going back in time to change things? Do you have to like, trick the world itself into thinking that this is like a reasonable change that could happen and when they finally bring in back this this kind of um triad of realms that things exist in that finally started to help it click for me of exactly what is being altered here um but yeah it is news that even physical objects fit into this category um and that's interesting this is one of those questions that that beth and i have puzzled over of like how much of this do we talk about when uh and it's good to get as much as as much of it as we can from the books as we read them uh so for now i'll just say that the the things that shy talks about here with the the three realms the the physical cognitive and spiritual realm uh some of this is being kind of colored by shy's own beliefs and and how she does things uh but it is also in looking at the whole cosmere this is generally speaking how things work and uh and yeah we this is this is what uh what shy says about how forgery works uh is that the table uh the the table wants to be a table and it wants to be a better table if it can be and the way that uh, that forging works is you you take you what this stamp does is it kind of presents a possibility to this object which then if it's plausible uh takes to it so and and there is some some kind of interesting arbitrary skepticism there where mm-hmm. Gautana thinks that a lot of this sounds like utter nonsense uh, and and shy has a, a a wisecrack about how uh yes because you believe in the totally rational and and obvious uh belief that uh the sun is what you worship or rather the 80 distinct but all identical looking suns that rise one at a time uh, <laughs> and and so you know maybe maybe there are some things that uh, that sound ridiculous to one person but are how a thing works and i do appreciate that like 
we we saw in the prologue Geotona is like a large part of why he's here is because he wants to understand how Shy thinks. So I, I do appreciate that even after she's kind of dunking on him, she's like, okay, you just have to roll with me for a second. He goes, all right, very well. And he gets in a few more digs, but like, he's listening. He is, he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, Shy talks about how the, uh, the, the connection and the intent of the, the forgery are very, very important. Uh, and, and like we talked about with the, uh, the security questions, she says, uh, it, it's, I, I've read in these reports that his favorite color is green. Do you know why it's green? Because that's important. And, and Gautana says, well, I have no idea. Uh, and, and Shai says, well, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think that it's, it's either because his brother who died when he was very young liked green uh, and so the emperor uh likes green because it reminds him of of the happy times with his brother or it's because of the country that he's from where they use a lot of green it, it might be part of that too uh but i think i'm figuring it out and and gautana is somewhat in disbelief that this level of detail is important and and shy says absolutely it is it's this and and so many other things i have to I have to figure all of them out. If I were, yeah, far be it for me, right? But if I were workshopping this, I would almost want, like, this is great expository dialogue, explains the, the gist of, you know, the whole shebang, why it's so important mm-hmm. to get these details right. Um, but I would almost want her to be explaining this to somebody different because later in the section, she asks Gautona what his favorite color is. Like when she's doing the stamp test, mm-hmm. um, and if he had no idea that the green was even discussed here, because I didn't pick that up in my first go through, like oh she's asking him a question that she already told him about, um, you know how do you know he's not pretending? Yeah, I guess. No, that's a good point. I don't think she did. She know by that point that she's going to be testing on him. Well, she didn't. So I guess oh, yeah, there is fair. that, but yeah. Then yeah. maybe the maybe the second question should have been something different than that we hadn't seen talked about here. Yeah, I I think it 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 does lead to a little bit of a question. I think you could have easily changed one of the two. I also just noticed something very very cool, and I I know Brandon's writing enough by now that I'm assuming this is intentional, and I've connected some cool dots, and it wasn't just a coincidence. But the idea that the mythology of the Rose Empire centers heavily around the sun and 80 specific suns culturally makes a lot of sense why the go-to curse word uh, Shai uses is knights. I think that's a really cool connection and I just now noticed that and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it also, it there's a, a few different worlds where Brandon uses like normal earth words to substitute for swears in that world and i like to just mentally replace them and with earth swears in my brain <laughs> it's like fuck man you know it's making a chamber pot <laughs> i don't remember what it was but i i saw a a discussion at one point where people were talking about like exactly what swears do you replace in what places to make it the funniest <laughs> but yeah as we're we're wrapping up uh, this day here uh, a couple other details 
uh, one is is wrapping up the the thought on the details about the emperor, which is is Shai says she needs to get all of these things right, or else the stamp won't take, or maybe it'll take, but it'll only last like fifteen minutes, and that's clearly not good enough. And Gautana says, "Well, you've done this before for yourself," and she makes the very salient point that uh, it's significantly easier to do for yourself because you can you have access to your own inner thoughts and all that uh, and can can test it and and do all that uh, and and doing it for someone else is is a a, a a whole other level of difficulty on top of that and then the last thing like we briefly mentioned was uh that shy is also she's trying to help out she she's a uh she's accomplished at deception and so is is helping uh kind of preserve the illusion because in uh in in her mind if the if the illusion is not preserved and the emperor is deposed then there's no use for her and she probably dies so she has some some suggestions as to kind of how to to keep up the facade and uh, Gautana reluctantly uh, agrees to to take her advice. I do like this scene quite a bit. It's it is day twelve we established, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. I feel like it's way more suspicious that only on day twelve do you start sending someone in to change the chamber pots, versus. All right, well, they screwed that one up, but let's hope no one noticed that. I feel like if you change now hmm. to start having people go in and changing fake chamber pots, that's actually more suspicious. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, we will we'll hope for, for Shai's sake that nobody catches on to the, the sudden change. Uh, going onwards to day 17, uh, and we start to see more of the, the in-depth research into Ashurban's life, uh, most critically from his own journal, which is uh, a, a significant resource for her. And it's interesting, uh, you know, we we at uh, so far we have not seen the emperor as a character at all. And given the way that this book is going to be uh, paced, it seems likely that we won't for a long while. Uh, but we still do get a a lot of information about him because that's the whole thing that that shy has to do and there's interesting things to consider like f earlier from the journal when he is first deciding to to take up the position of emperor he's talking about how uh gautana had encouraged him to do so and then later in his life it seemed like the two of them didn't get along so so what happened there there's an interesting question uh this is all taking place as the the chapter opens uh on delbahad which is a holiday that uh no one knew about until two years earlier uh as as sam puts it uh a holiday that doesn't exist but holidays are fun bing clap wee wee hooray great job heritage foundation i i think we've all definitely looked at a celebration of some sort and gone is this really a thing that we need to be celebrating? <laughs> it depends. Do I get the day off? Yes. <laughs> then yes. Yeah. 
That makes that checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also uh, some interesting talk about the the acquisition of the journal itself because apparently Ashervan had written that uh, if it was that if he died the journal should be burned, uh, and so Shai notes that when the when the arbiters gave her the journal, they were very specific to say well, he's not dead yet because that's the entire point of this whole thing. And if he's not dead, then we don't have to burn it. So this is okay, right? Very, <laughs> very much justifying to themselves. Uh, but she also thinks that they're kind of missing the point because in their mind, y- you would write things down so that other people could read them. And so burning the journal wouldn't make any sense. And... Uh, given the way that she's reading this, it seems like this journal was was for the Emperor to kind of personally reflect and work through his thoughts, which makes it quite the resource for the, the problem at hand. Likely indispensable, I'm, I'm assuming. We'll mm-hmm. find out at the end. Brandon loves a good journal. <laughs> we have seen a couple of those. I am unfortunately the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> that's not far off. Yeah, that's he basically says that. The uh, the next thing that happens here is we have Frava show back up. We're we've kind of very rapidly established. I don't know if you can say anyone is like the villain because the the main conflict here is shy and the impossible problem in front of her. Uh, but Frava is definitely not doing herself any favors. Uh, and and so she has some things to discuss. Shai reiterates that she needs someone to to test stamps on. Frava says, yes, that will happen. Uh, there's a, a brief talk about the fact that the, uh, the desk that Shai has improved, uh, the stamp is just right on the top. And, and Frava says wouldn't you want to to hide it so that it's not it's not obvious that it's a forgery and shy says well i'm i'm proud of the work that i did and and that is the work that i did is that stamp right there so i want to show it off so it's a uh, it's an interesting kind of of counterpoint there so yeah so frava uh, sends away the guards uh, which is a little suspicious always a great sign yeah <laughs> and we get uh another negotiation and uh as as shy says in in her internal monologue a little bit later you're just gonna come right out and say it which is <laughs> if we are rebuilding the emperor from scratch essentially what if you made him a little more suggestible you know that could be could be handy and uh yeah that's quite a thing to to just propose and and make a bargain on and they they both kind of try to to dance around this but uh as shy said this is a a pretty blunt offer for the magnitude of what's what's being proposed here uh and shy says that you know if somebody did do that it would be worth a considerable reward and uh frava agrees that there there would be quite a reward and uh yeah this is this is apparently on the table now of not only 
can we recreate Emperor Ashravan? But can we it can we make a, a back door? Can we let someone suggest to him what he should be doing? So that's a that's a hell of a thing. Just but I thought the hypocrisy couldn't get worse. <laughs> like it's it's one thing to be like I think this is our only option. We have to turn to this art that we find distasteful to get our emperor back. And also... Yeah. While we're at it, if we're already letting it slide a little bit, yeah. put it a back door as a treat. <laughs> Into his soul. I, yeah, I love this development. And then I love the added mind games at the end of the chapter of Shy realizing... Yeah. Okay, no, if she thinks I'm on board with this, then she for sure already has a different plan in motion. Mm-hmm. I love that reasoning, yeah. And I love the reward that's offered. Like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, Forger, I'll make you head of the smugglers! The thing you don't know anything about. So appealing. You right. criminals, you you all know all the crime, right? Yeah, you just do a crime. <laughs> You like crime, right? <laughs> you want to be in charge of the crime? <laughs> we'll name you Queen of Crime. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if someone offered to name me Queen of Crime, yeah. I would be very tempted. I, I was going to say, but like official capacity or not, I hope Shy is deemed the Queen of Crime by the end of the story. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it it was a a Tumblr post that I saw. Or it was I'm I'm forgetting my comic book lore. Um it was like what was it? The the X-Men, the the evil League of Mutants or something like that. Uh, of like <laughs> the, yeah, br- evil Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I yeah. And 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 they were saying like you're gonna you're gonna ask someone to join that and they're not gonna be a little suspicious. Uh, and then the the response was was something like Okay, but if I came up to you and and said I'm forming the Brotherhood of Evil Gays, would would you join? And they're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me of the the Pride Month shirts that. Um, hang on, the there there's uh, these shirts that say like Pride Month on them, and they were circulated um, by this Christian group um, to show that like pride I think month is I know. demonic yeah i think i know what these yeah. are it's that guy oh yeah and it says it goes down to demon yeah. <laughs> and let me and, tell you and literally everybody was I, like where the hell I, out of that yeah i want this shirt <laughs> this is, yeah it's it's very similar vibes to uh not to keep bringing it back to 9-11 but a lot of <laughs> a lot of japanese audiences going Hey, you shouldn't watch Oppenheimer because it's like, what if we were making a movie about 9/11 and making 9/11 jokes about it, or specifically for Barbenheimer? We should stop like co- conflating those things because it's like if people made 9/11 jokes and a bunch of people were like, "Yeah, we fucking love 9/11 jokes at this point. <laughs> we own it." <laughs> I mean, it's been 20 years. It's worthy of being on history memes. So, <laughs> there's a really upsetting. A uh, clip of uh, dropout content in which Sam Regal legitimately thought 9/11 was less than 10 years ago, <laughs> and <it's> like <laughs> had to take a moment as he thought about uh, the fact that it was 22 years ago. Girl, you were there. <laughs> I'm gonna start the next chapter now. No, okay. Shit the book. <laughs>
the next chapter starts with uh, the next work or the next bit of work of Shy making this an, a nicer place. Uh, there is now a a fancy stained glass window instead of the the chipped and misfitting window that that used to be there. And we we get to see the uh, the the logic that Shy was able to go through. Uh, which was when she was looking at the window to see if she could fix it, uh, she found a little tiny chip of of colored glass and so realized that it probably was a stained glass window at one point uh, and then it broke and someone just put a, a regular pane of glass in. But if you're looking through the, the kind of different realms uh, thought that we saw in the, the previous chapter, uh, there's there is a a memory there almost of being a beautiful stained glass window and so when she presents a a stamp for uh someone had found this broken window and and thought oh i should repair this that took right away and now there's this beautiful piece of stained glass there i just love how both this and the table the rewriting is what if someone gave a shit about these things yeah (laughs) that's all it takes the beginning of the the day's actual activity uh, is that it is time uh, for the test subject uh, though a another uh, elantris connection that we're going uh, past real quick uh, is that in the same way that aeon door starts with a base aeon uh, carving a soul stamp finishes with the uh, the setting mark and Shy thinks it looks kind of like my pawn, which in her mind is just kind of a fun little mnemonic, but I think may be significant there. Hmm. Interesting. Hang on, let me let me reread really quickly. Top I of page feel 57. like I remember, I remember it specifically... Uh, no, not really. I I read it as like different people have different setting marks and i thought it was shy specifically makes like her specific setting mark is my pawn which in of itself could be very interesting of like different if you're from different areas of this region of cell mm-hmm. you still need to fashion it to look differently but now it's probably it's probably all it looks like my pawn but that's still really really cool speaking of page 57 can we just say at I don't know, we, definitely me. Uh, the page numbers for this book fucking suck. <laughs> We're on page 57. We're on page 57, but it looks like it could be page 37 or maybe even page 27 if you were just glancing at it. Oh, you just mean the font. The font of the of the page numbers is terrible. It does have some kind of pe- peculiar like weighting to it finish writing the number <laughs> it's the implication of a curl there that's a five the implication of a five band name album name song name uh, song yeah it's a yeah song yeah song name oh what was it's I, a math rock song name i came up with one earlier <laughs> i don't remember what it was though oh well but uh yeah the contents of, of page 57 uh is that we have shy's test subject it's Gautona. Uh, and and as he says, uh, you specified that they should be 
uh, male from the same country as Ashravan was and preferably knew him well. And yeah, that's a, a pretty good pick then. Uh, so yeah, here is, uh, it, it's time to start testing stamps. Uh, and it is, uh, it is definitely a little weird. Uh, Shai is thinking that, uh, Frava definitely would have just thrown someone else under the bus, uh, because this is going to be from their mind, a, a strange and kind of invasive process. Uh, and Gautana is is here himself, and and so probably personally insisted that that he be the one to undergo it and not subject anyone else to it. Uh, but yeah, here's here's what's going to happen: is she's going to uh, test a a stamp that will will represent something small, uh, and it will only last for a little bit, even if it's good or not at all if it's bad. Uh, but we also learn some about kind of the final process, which is that uh, essence marks like this can't last forever. Uh, her own, which we are led to believe are kind of the best that you could do, uh, last for a little over a day. And so the, the, the obvious problem here is how are we going to weekend at Bernie's the Emperor through the next 50 <laughs> years... And at least some sort of once a day ritual is something that they can probably manage. There's also, I appreciate there's more of shy thinking through things even more than uh, the, the grands have of, Hey, you should start telling people that like he did get wounded and like his head got a little bit wonky, maybe because I'm still probably not going to a hundred percent nail this. So just start spreading the rumor that he's going to be a little bit different when he's back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just spread it. I don't care if it makes no sense or it makes people worried. If you don't spread it, it's going to cause more problems. Yeah, if if you don't uh, if you don't get this started now, then uh, when if if the emperor comes out the other end of this not perfect, then it might not work. And the emperor coming out the other side of this at all is still in question, much less coming out perfectly. So yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to start the testing process, and each of these stamps is going to be some uh, some little detail that that shy can start to to verify uh, and so the the, the first the first stamp like we mentioned earlier uh the test starts with uh his favorite color something simple like that of what's your favorite color and and he says it's green uh and and she asks why and and he has what i think is a reasonable reaction to being asked your favorite color of well it's it's my favorite color. Like that's that's all. <laughs> uh, and then the the next line of questioning uh, is about uh, his his brother, who he barely remembers, who passed when he was only six. Uh, and Shy makes what seems like a like a carefully placed offhand comment of, well, he would have been a terrible emperor if he had been chosen. And as as Sam says, uh, Gautonashravan. Uh, is <laughs> ready to throw hands at this. And uh, 
it only lasts for a couple of seconds and then he returns to being just Gautana and not also Asherdan uh, and is is feeling very strange about the whole experience. Yeah, this is, again, we're starting to reach the point of an evil person who is capable of this could do some really messed up stuff because it's specifically when it first, when when she first puts the stamp on, Gaetana is like, I don't feel any different. I feel the right. same. And yeah. Shai is like, well, yeah, that's because you, it because this is who you are for the time being. And th- that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> right this is this is not a magical disguise this is a, a transformation and shy says that this is this feeling will will go away maybe an hour or so but it, it's definitely a an unusual uh and somewhat upsetting feeling for the moment where gautona has these these strong emotions about something that never actually happened and uh, and then we get uh, as as Shai is starting to revise this, she says she thinks it's pretty close, but uh, but it's it was a little too strong. And uh, Ashervan definitely had some feelings about how his brother would have been as an emperor, but it maybe she didn't quite get it right. And uh, Gautana is very impressed at her her ability to to analyze and read a person and and yeah here we have uh, another kind of mark of what is it that shy does and is it is is it a good thing or is it something that you should be proud of uh because yeah from i mean from gautana's culture the way they understand it it's it's pretty messed up but uh like Caleb you also have raised some concerns we get to to kind of dive into the mechanics of forgery again uh, but this time from a a a soul stamping context uh, which does uh, it's it's a very interesting way with the things that Shai was saying about how you're you're changing kind of what an object thinks it is what happens when you do that to a person who it, we all kind of a- agree has some sort of of essence of themselves and not just a table so interesting this whole <laughs> magic aspect it's very well i don't know it's complicated enough where it's interesting to try and wrap my head around but it's not so complicated that I can't, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and or obvious hand wave magic has existed forever. Okay. You just draw patterns. Great. Um, but this is like very detailed for a novella. Yeah. You know? I think that's a good way of putting it of like just the right amount of complicated to be very interesting. And I think it like, the fact that we're starting to see some Cosmere-wide nuts and bolts come together in these interesting ways is particularly exciting. And it's in a novella, which is just... Yeah, you, you're doing it very quickly. Well done, Brandy. You're good at this. <laughs> we continue on with the uh, analysis of, of little details that are key to Ashravan's life. 
Uh, and the next one was, uh, why did he become emperor? And the the first uh, hypothesis that that Shai offered, uh, she was apparently reasonably convinced was was at least in the right area, was that uh, he was was trying to to prove himself to his family, uh, especially given that apparently his brother, you know, everybody missed him a lot and thought about him a lot and he wanted to kind of become known for his own thing uh and given the way that it does not work at all this is completely wrong and so shine needs to really go back and, and figure out uh what the what the answer was there but that was a that was a swing and a miss uh Gautana says that he has the answer to that question right there uh, which is that he he wanted to make things better he wanted to lead so that he could change things for the better uh, and there's a, a a back and forth between gautana who knew him personally and shy who has done probably more research into this one man than anybody else has at this point of uh gautana says he was very humble uh, and and shy that's not the reading that she got uh and and gautana says well you know he he had a temper he he liked to he he argued persistently to make sure that that you came to his point uh but gautana says that that deep down he was he was humble and i i really like the the read that shy is starting to get here of gautana is is the type of person who thinks that he, Gautana can see in you what what he thinks you should be able to do and and is is disappointed when you fall short and so you you start trying to live up to that and she says oh you did it to him didn't you and I, I really like that realization yeah that's good and then following that her her kind of thoughts about how you how you fool a person is that uh, you can, you know, there's different ways to fool someone uh, and it, it depends on, you know, whether they're, uh, they're honest or, or how clever they are. But she says that an honest, clever person uh, is the hardest to fool, significantly more so than a, a dishonest, clever person. And, and so Gautana, who basically of of anyone else in this book seems to be the the one person who is not putting on a front is going to be very very difficult to fool and i do love having these two revelations close to each other of oh you did it to him didn't you and then very late very uh soon after that you're genuine aren't you you can almost sense like a a, a worry in shy's thoughts there because i feel like we saw it with both Raythan and Diloph. It's it's fun to have a villain that's super hypocritical and it's just full of bullshit. I think it's <laughs> both more interesting and generally more scary to have an antagonist who is very upfront about and honest about who they are and what they want and what they believe. Um, and yeah, I just think it's it's another cool iteration of that of shy realizing of like oh you're not even putting on a front this is this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
is is just really cool. And then after this, this is, I think, one of my favorite exchanges uh, where Gautuna is is doing that thing in, in his own way uh, where where he says, uh, you know, the, the emperor could have been he could have become more than what he did. Like you could you could have become a marvelous artist. And she says, I am one. And he says, I, I mean, a real artist. And she says, I am one. I, <laughs> I really like that uh, that exchange and then from here to the the end of this chapter i think is is one of my favorite sequences of of this this book it's definitely one that i always remember uh where gautana figures another thing out is he's been been working with shy long enough that he realizes the the painting there were mistakes that they did catch and at this point he's he started to think, were those intentional? Because I don't think that you would have made those mistakes. And Shai confesses, because he, he figures it out, at least the first part of it, of the painting that they think is the real one is the better fake. And this is a decoy fake that they found. And then we find out what you did with the original. <laughs> yeah no and that's that's my favorite part of uh of this although i'm i'm also i'm conflating it a little bit because we we revisit this later uh i hope that's not considered a spoiler that we'll at least think about this scene again uh <laughs> but it's directly said shy had her reasons and it does not elaborate so mm-hmm. i did assume we would get a little bit more about that <laughs> yeah because yeah gaujana thinks he's figured it out of uh, she makes the swap, does something with the original, has the the decoy copy, and then if she gets caught, can can just look at the decoy and say, "I I got caught before, uh, before I even made the switch," uh, and and uh, she says, "Yeah, that's how it was supposed to go." Uh, unfortunately, because I got betrayed by by the fool. I got caught with the moon scepter, which was the part that was not supposed to happen. And that's what, what landed me here. And, uh, Gautana, Gautana figures out another bit and is briefly kind of happy about that of you hid it somewhere. The original is still in the palace. And she says, well, sort of, I burned it. And, uh, he is, he's horrified at this. This is, the, these two characters are both working through how they understand art, but this this is this is the last straw for for Gautana is and and he just he leaves uh, that Shai destroyed this this one of a kind incredible work of beauty, uh, and yeah she has her reasons and we'll get to them later, but uh, yeah I just. I really like how this this chapter ends. Yeah, it's kind of the first time we see Gautona lose his cool mm-hmm. and just kind of be completely baffled as to like why why would you be that person? Why would you <laughs> dare do that? Um, and there's just been this kind of subtle battle of wits the whole time where they're kind of sniping at each other, but they're also in a weird way getting along. And this is the first time of of one of them has completely had it with the other, and like you said, just kind of has to leave because he can't stand to be around her anymore. 
and the 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 questions this raises about what art is and what valuable art is is so fascinating because it's like yes this is what what Shai has done is is a perfect copy and that's it's beautiful we have the the art tm but it is only because the original exists it is it 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 only has value because the original has value so her her art is only in correlation to this other art but it's but i still the thought of her burning it makes me very sad it's very complicated and i like it a lot <laughs> nights shy it was supposed to be non-fungible <laughs> no 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 <laughs> You can't just make a copy of it. That's not allowed. You can't funge this. <laughs> it's it's pretty funged at this point. But you but it's not fair. We had the the, the non fungible part, and you're not allowed to just have your own version. Of, we paid a lot of money for that. It's not fair. This is Gaotona's. In this is his entire motivation, by the way. There's, I figured him out. There's still only one copy, though. That's that. Maybe that's why she burned the other one, so that there would still only be one. <laughs> no, I can't. I I understand where you're going with this, but with the metaphor we've drawn, I can't let Shy be on board with NFTs. She can't be. <laughs> uh, well, that's fine. Nobody is. They're worth nothing now. But but we paid so much money for it. It was an original shoes and NFT. It's not fair. Uh, right click, save painting as. <laughs> uh, all right, we have uh, we have one more day. We're all the way up to to day forty two for our section. Uh, we'll see what we have and then what we have left. This last day here uh, is it, it's entirely just shy working through both working through the the direct puzzle of the emperor's soul and then also how she gets out of this situation uh and it starts with with her just kind of organizing the the notes and the thoughts that she has uh and she's she's compiling them uh as, as she describes it it is the 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 mo the most true history of ashravan that anyone has ever written uh, and and we see some of the things that that she learned where apparently Gautina was was right was that he did he did become emperor because he wanted to change things and then there wasn't really one kind of specific event but it it just kind of it just kind of slid because the empire is a big weighty thing with a lot of bureaucratic momentum and you could fight a lot to change it but you could also just keep going his heart was in the right place but he got carried away that's why the rose empire has blood fountains all over the place <laughs> uh, we we haven't seen that we we can hope that the rose empire is uh a bit better they keep making up holidays that's true that's better than blood fountains if i had to pick between the two i'd go with more holidays okay yeah but they're celebrated by filling the blood fountains mm, damn it that's bad <laughs> but the blood fountains mean you get a day off well that's good 
<laughs> but some of us might get executed on the day off. That's, That's bad. bad. You're executed with sodium benzoate. <laughs> That's bad. But uh, Shai is also thinking about the the actual task, uh, and this is there, there's a shift here that is is one of the reasons that I I love this this book so much, uh, where she thinks at this point maybe she could make a a kind of imitation emperor where it would be like good enough in in some respects and if if the the people involved managed his presentation very carefully maybe it would work but she doesn't want to do that she wants to to make the emperor and and that's kind of that's the whole gist of it at this point is can i do it and I, I, I really like that. Really reminds me of the thirty foot rule in in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can I make a set wall with with scumbling and you know just rough cuts and make it look good to someone in the front row? Yeah, but I could also make art. Not that stagecraft is not art. Stagecraft is art. This would Some, be art. Sometimes even, even it's if... not art. I've I've done some things. I've, I helped out with the paper mache set for uh, my high school's production of Amadeus. That was not artistic. There, there was no art in that. Uh, one time, Tim and I built an entire system out of nothing but scrap plywood and tape. So yeah, now now Shy's plans have kind of shifted. I don't know if we can put exact priorities on them, uh, but at the beginning of this book, it was definitely. Plan part A, escape. Plan part B, play along long enough that I can escape. But at this point, it seems like maybe they're kind of equal priorities of actually complete the task and recreate the Emperor and escape. But the the escape part is still going on. We we see that she has been uh has been hiding notes on escape plans. Uh, in her her work notes, which are this huge unorganized mess, if you don't know what's going on, and uh, she is uh, she's starting to 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 work on on something about the the blood sealer. Uh, he does have to come and and restamp the the door every day, uh, and apparently that is a a very specifically timed thing. And uh, and she's thinking, maybe if I can just get him to be, I'll, I just need a little bit late on one morning and I'll be able to get out. Uh, but that uh, is, is as of yet, going to be hard to, to make happen from in her cell. I love that thing about the journal. I love how many different layers of forgery and faking things mm-hmm. are happening in this book. It's very fun. But yeah, that is, uh, that's where we wrap up on uh, on day 42 we're we're approaching halfway through the timeline and we've seen we've seen a lot of work get done but uh there's an awful lot to go on on both parts of the plan on on finishing the emperor's soul and then also on escaping so yeah we're we're through day 42 that's about halfway through what we were going to read yeah it's not just me the characters in the book also have to finish the soul and then figure out how to escape 
Hmm. Hopefully there's no uh, marks in blood on the doorframe, but I don't know what you've gotten up to, so I can't say for sure. Well, let's just move on to the next part of the podcast now. Let's do that then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think for this podcast, we will actually be able to uh, have a reasonable discussion about casting because there's only like six characters. Mm. But it's kind of a fraught question. Uh, and I, I say that because these are all very Asian-inspired names and settings. Yes. Um, and I am Caucasian. And it feels weird for me to be like, this is the, the, the Asian person that I picture in this role. It feels awkward to me. Um, but I did it for most of them. It is a, if nothing else, it is a far better option than being a Caucasian person and going, here's the non-Asian person I decided <laughs> yeah. to put in this role. Yeah, no, I, I think it is It is something to be uh, conscious of. This is the, the first time that we've had a, uh, a specific region of a country that definitely seems to have a, a kind of related real life ethnicity that there's there's being played off of there so and and one of the reasons why dmg optioned this this book for a movie right in the first place was that they wanted uh they wanted to support a more asian cast in fantasy movies which wasn't really happening at the time so i think it's important to consider yeah i actually was very I, I enjoyed the casting process quite a bit just because it was it was kind of nice to be like, all right, this cast, I don't know. It's my previous casts have been mostly white because when I picture a lot of these characters, I picture them often as being white. And it was kind of nice to go, okay, no, you're doing a diverse cast this time because that's like the story very much asks that of you. And so like, yeah, I got to go through my list of like, yeah, there's a lot of talented Asian performers out there. Who do I think would rock these roles the best? I don't know. I kind of, I, I understand that it's a little bit weird in one regard, but in another regard, I, I kind of had fun uh, uh, thinking through who I thought would be perfect for these roles. So without further ado. Okay, there we go. I was going to ask a, a question, but yeah, let's, let, let us begin then uh sure so my first one's a full vibes casting um and is not an asian actor okay frava uh she just really like i i just recently watched a video of this person um and it really reminded me of her but this this person also died in 2020 at the age of 90 so probably not gonna be in the movie um I went with Mary Miller, who was, uh, she played Lilith in the game show Nightmare, uh, K-N-I-G-H-T Mare, um, and she has a very, like, I'm in charge mm. air. She's very good at the, at giving that impression. I'm in charge, but I am, uh, there's the ability to trick me present. Um, so I'll find a, a clip and share it with you. But yeah, I'm just—I've never heard of Nightmare before. It's a game show. Yeah, it's—it's it's a funky. And, the, uh... and, and there's someone who plays a character named Lilith within the game show. Yes. Uh, All right. 
So, Nightmare is a British children's adventure game show. Oh, is it like Legends of the Hidden Temple, but for British kids? <laughs> so the gist of it is, um, you're a it's got a lot of gist. It takes a while to explain it. <laughs> this is a very high concept game show. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's four children, right? And the first child is they have a helmet put on them that makes them so that they can only see what's like directly below them. And then they're given a knapsack, and then they are set out in a dungeon, quote unquote, which is just kind of a series of rooms. It's escape room esque. You know, they can only hold two items at a time, that kind of thing. Um, and then in the other room are there, this person's three friends who can see everything and have to say over voice mm-hmm. what they're seeing, what to do, you know, take three steps forward, that kind of thing. Um, and I can't imagine... It, it must have been very frustrating to be a viewer. <laughs> I can only imagine... <laughs> Oh my god. Um And also only two two people ever won. Only two people <laughs> ever won. <laughs> this is a bad game. It this is sounds a bad like game. A nightmare. It's very bad, very stressful to watch. It it also in in contrast to this book that we have here, uh, the Wikipedia article lists 83 people in the cast of this game show. Now that's that's, that's a big cast for a game show. I'm still still confused about that point, but I, I think I get the basic gist, despite how much gist it's... there is. This has nothing to do with the book, but it does have something to do with Mary Miller, um, who has the, the, the kind of vibes I'm looking for from okay. Prava, I guess. There we go. Uh, the rest of my casting is uh, Asian actors, so that's good uh gautona i went with uh ken watanabe he's he's just great in whatever he's in um kind of an older actor and he portrays that kind of quiet wisdom really well in his roles so i'm excited to see what he would do with it um shy i went with natasha lou bordizo um who's been at a a whole bunch of stuff um but she has the right kind of smidge of snark to her acting uh that i think kind of befits shy she was my runner-up actually oh. I, I was really close to her as well yeah nice yeah um and then i, I have one for ju too um i have max huang who was kung lao in mortal Kombat in 2021 um it's kind of just a buff dude I don't know. I mean, the only thing that we know about Zoo so far is that he wants to kill Shy. So, not a lot to go Also, off of. we know that his hair is really good. We know his hair is really good. And we do get a detail when Zoo grabs Shy, she mentions he is very strong. Yeah. Good hair, strong, tough guy. Okay. Checks all the boxes. Okay. Checks all the boxes. Uh, so, okay. that's my casting. Okay. Apparently, Max Huang was a uh, former member of Jackie Chan's stunt team, which is pretty cool. All right. Caleb, what do you have for these and for any others? 
Yeah, we've got a fun, uh, a good, good cast here. I'm excited to share this one. Um, I, I did strongly consider Natasha uh, Lou Bordizzo as shy, but I ended up going with Jessica Henwick, um, who was in uh, Game of Thrones. She's the best part of the Iron Fist show. Um, she has a new movie coming out called The Royal Hotel, I think. Just one of those actresses that's, whenever I see her, I'm like, oh, she's doing a great job. Oh, she was in Glass Onion as well, um, as like the beleaguered assistant. Um, love her to death. She's great. I think she would rock this role really well. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's what I got there. Um, it is also interesting that Natasha Lou Bordizzo, uh, 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 mentioned because I also cast, um, one of the, uh, major characters in Ahsoka, um, uh, Diana Lee in Osanto, who was recently in Ahsoka. Uh, I have her as Frappa. Um, uh, I think the vibes there are a little bit similar. I think she'd do great there. Um, I have Dante Basco as Captain Zoo, um, who is Hell most yes. <laughs> famous for his vocal work. He's he's Zuko most famously, um, but he's also done some live action work, and he's he's a pretty tough looking dude. And his voice, I think, would do very good for this character. He's also famous for showing up in the web comic Homestuck, where he dies, and then the author Andrew Hussey, who's also character in the comic, kisses his dead body. Dante Basco okay. then read Homestuck and found this part. It was great. <laughs> okay. Cool. Good yeah, you, you can't you can't follow up from that. Just continue. Yeah, anyways, next up, um, I did go ahead and cast Emperor Ashravan, and I think this this might be I might be hitting this button a little too soon, because I don't even know if we're gonna see him awake. But if we do, I want to make sure we have someone who's who's good and that I can believe in. We know he's about 40 years old. So I've casted Henry Golding as Emperor Ashravan, um, star of one of the best romantic comedies of the past 10 years. Um, hit at the box office, critically acclaimed. He got to co-star with Michelle Yeoh in it. I'm, of course, referring to the hit film Last Christmas. Um, <laughs> but he was also in Crazy Rich Asians, and he was good in that, too. So um, He's going to be in the Old Guard sequel, I believe. Oh, shit. Awesome yeah cool <laughs> anyways yeah i've got henry golding as emperor ashavon that's all i have there um and then i do also have one non-asian actor in this cast um as the blood sealer we're gonna go ahead and and start um uh doubling up on casting once again between sam and i across the cosmere i've got carol stroiken uh the giant from twin peaks i'm putting him as the blood sealer he's a very good actor in Twin Peaks. He plays a, a good guy, but I've also seen him in other films in which he, he plays up the creepiness factor, and I think he'd do a good job with that. Um, there's one noting uh, notable omission from this cast so far, and sure don't is. worry, I do have a casting, but I just need to talk about how much of a struggle this was for me. Because... I read the prologue and I, I, I read some of Gayotona's lines and his thoughts. And my, my first instinct was, I think Benedict Wong would do a really good job with this. Um, and for a while I kept picturing him in the role. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's in like everything. Benedict Wong is great. Um, uh, he's been in the MCU quite a bit recently. Um, uh, and yeah, I just think you do a good job, but they just, they, they describe Gaetone a little bit more and more, and they keep saying that he's elderly and he's old. And I go, okay, I look it up and Benedict Wong is 52 and I go, okay, that's probably a little too young. And my next runner up actually was Ken Watanabe. And I do think he'd do a very good job as well, but they kept saying the word elderly. And I was like, I should probably be trying to find someone who's like between 70 and 85. And I look up Ken Watanabe 
63. Still like 10 years too young. I think he'd do a great job, but I'm, I'm, I was aiming to find someone a little bit older. So I was like, okay, there's James Hong, who's, I believe, 96. I love James Hong to death. He's a fantastic actor. I don't think he has the vibes that I'm looking for for Gayatona. So I don't think I'm going to cast James Hong. And then I go through my list of, in my brain, older Asian actors. And I just want to go through how difficult it was for me to find someone in the age range I was looking for. Next in my brain was Zima, who's in the new Mulan movie. He's been in a lot of other movies. 61. Tony Lung, bad guy in Shang-Chi. 61. Donnie Yen from Ip Man and Rogue One. 60. Zhang Wen, also from Rogue One. 60. James C.A., the Cabbage Patch Merchant from Avatar, who's also going to be uh, doing that role again in live action. 60. Paul Sun-Hyung Lee from The Mandalorian and... Uh, 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 Kim's Convenience, 51. Song Kang Ho from Parasite and Snowpiercer, 56. Ma Dong Sok from Eternals, 52. Choi Min Sik from Old Boy, 61. <laughs> and the closest I could get for a while was Chow Young Fat at 68 and Jackie Chan at 69. And I can't, in good conscience, put both of them in this role unless I'm confident that Gayo Tona is going to get to do some martial arts later in the story <laughs> and i don't think that's gonna happen so i for whatever reason my brain couldn't think of a single asian actor older than 70 who i thought would do a good job in this role james hong was the closest i got and i had to reach out to friends and initially they couldn't think of any and finally last night there were a bunch of us sitting around a table and the name george takei came up and i realized perfect <laughs> George K would do a very good job. He's technically not even in the age range of 70 to 85 because he is slightly out of it at age 86, but he's close enough. You did a full body spasm when you had that realization. I was, like, well, it was there, was... there was much hitting of table and excitement. It was wild because, like, the name got brought up and then the, the, the friend across the table from me was the person I had asked of, hey, can you think of anyone who fits this? And they had to remind me of like, hey, he's in the he's he could work. And I was like, yeah, he could. Oh my god, he could. So I don't want to actually dox them, but shout outs to the multiple friends that were required for me to remember that George Decay exists and would be a good Gayotona. That is my Gayotona. The journey is complete. He's locked in. It's happening. That's it for my cast. That was a journey. It was. It really was, Justin. It took me a while, and I didn't even. I wasn't even the one who finally came up with it. But we're there now. You listing all the names and ages had the same energy of the "My Brother, My Brother and Me" clip, where Griffin is just blasting Justin for how much Jimmy Buffett he was listening to. I, I won't lie; that was a slight inspiration, but it, <laughs> it was. It was me. I was typing out all these ages, and as I was looking through, of like, am I going to actually list the, all these out on the podcast? I did have the thought of, I will, I'm going to do it with that same delivery. <laughs> well, I appreciated it. I'm glad someone did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we, uh, we have a total of six characters here and uh, we'll, we'll see next episode if, if Sam, you want to fill in on, the the blood sealer or ashravan if we get to learn more about either of those well i do have a a, a quick 
that Carol Stroykin uh, reminded me of an actor that is uh, dead, uh, but who I think would be a a good would have been a good choice, because um, he kind of has that creepy look with him. He's he was in House of a Thousand Corpses. Erwin uh, Keyes, who was Hugo from the Jeffersons. Okay. Um, so that could be my blood sealer. Okay, yeah. A, uh, a much more compact list than we, we've uh, experienced elsewhere on Cell. All right, then. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a really great first episode of the, of the book. Now let's do the things for the last episode of the book where we try to figure out where this is going. <laughs> and like th- this is a a very tightly paced book like we we had we had quite a bit going on we have a, a pretty direct question in front of us uh so the the questions that i i asked very early on in our our intro episode just based on the the back of the book and the the summary there was does Shy escape and does she succeed? And I think those questions are still relevant, uh, but we can also, if you'd like, try to to get into some more details on the the how or the the what else will happen. Because yeah, we we're gonna have one prediction section here, and then we'll uh, we'll go read the rest of the book. I was fixated on on one thing, which is that this takes place on cell. Okay, because. And maybe it informs what I think will happen in the rest of the book. I don't know. But mostly I was just like, oh, my God, this is wow. It's so cool. Um, and I can see where we're reading this now, even though it's kind of a novella deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's right after we finished Elantris. Makes sense. I think that this book uh, is really about, in the end, the fall of Jindo. Okay. Although I don't know, here's the question. Um, it, it reminded me of a. Uh, uh, have you guys heard of Radio TV Solutions? They're a, a um, Twitch channel conglomerate thing. Uh, maybe not. But there's one of the guys in it. One of the guys' name uh, is uh, Wayne. Wayne Radio TV. Yes, Wayne Radio oh, TV. Wayne Radio TV. Yeah. I was yes. like, yes, absolutely. Love that guy. Like, so, this sounds close to something I yeah. know. Radio TV Solutions is the broader group, but he's the gotcha. kind of the the guy that everybody thinks of. But there was one stream that he did where uh, he was sponsored by uh, Head and Shoulders for whatever reason they offered him a sponsorship, uh, and he played um, Fester's Quest on the NES in a race against another guy, and he dressed up like Uncle Fester, and then he realized about halfway through the stream, wait. What I'm doing might be illegal. Because <laughs> he was using the likeness of a, of a copyright character and the whole thing. And I'm sure Head and Shoulders didn't sponsor him again for a reason. <laughs> that whole thing was a shit show. And he advertised Head and Shoulders edibles, which I don't think are a thing. <laughs> so so it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was quite the journey. But, it, but at a certain point, I just went, wait. What I'm doing might be illegal. <laughs> what I'm doing, he doesn't have time to talk about because this is a novella and it needs to wrap up. But uh, in a perfect book, um, 
in in Sam's perfect vision ideal thing. You you can't even call us predictions. This is just what Sam would write if he were an excited author. Um, here's what I would write: uh, the people who assassinated the emperor were not the glory faction, but the Wrathbore monks from Fjordel. That would be super fucking interesting, but I don't think he... Like, if this is a standalone, he wouldn't have time to talk about who Fjordel is, the Wrathbor is. Like, the mention of Svorden is just, like, thrown out there. Like, you don't need to know who this is. It's just a faraway place. Whatever. Um, so to explain that would take a long time. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, and this kind of ties back to the idea behind the Fjordel Empire, which is to stamp out the world's magic, all of it, except their own, basically, or at least get their control over it. Okay. Dominion over their their magic systems. Um, I think Dula's had their own thing, and Jindo had their own thing, too. The only thing left standing was Erlon, and, you know, after the chasm, whatever. So basically, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of meat left on this Elantrian bone, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to it. I want more. Um, as far as the actual general questions of this, though, um, I think Shy is going to escape. Uh, I think that everything is going to go to hell. <laughs> That's a a um, good way for a book to to end. It is a Sanderson book. <laughs> yeah. I think she's going to, because she's interested in it, not just because of, I didn't write any of this down. I'm going off the cuff. Here we go. Uh, she's interested in it not because of the uh, the money or the promise of hopefully freedom. She's in it for like the artistry more than anything, because she knows that she's, she's fucked one way or the other. Um, so I think that she's going to do a good job. It's going to kick ass but the glory faction is going to kick up a fuss anyway and it's not really going to matter um and what she's going to have to do is in the end she's going to have to have that backup plan like the um you know uh uh using seals to get her way out of there Mm -hmm. uh basically busting out um while still finishing this project which she is genuinely interested in so i I guess I think that that will be what happens, but really I spent all of my prediction thing just salivating over how much <laughs> awesome stuff you could you could write about. Like this is a prehistory of Jindo before it mm. kind of fell to the the Fjordels. Yeah, what are the what are the connection points you could make, especially if you had more than thirty thousand words to do it? Yeah. Right, exactly. And there is an interesting, I didn't have any theories to this regard, so I'm going to put in some of my commentary now, if that's all right. Um, I, I remember being surprised to learn that we'd be learning a new magic system on cell because, yeah, the whole, like you said, the whole thing is, Aralon is the last standout. If I remember correctly, like, Kraithen was like, yeah, the entire world will be united under Fjordel rule once we get rid of Aralon, and it's maybe they know about tectonic plates but they don't know that there are other continents i don't know exactly what their what their history entails but yeah there's a weird um disconnect between uh um the fjordal empire purportedly ruling almost the entire world and then 
this, in my imagination, was just elsewhere on the world, completely disconnected. Um, it would be super interesting if, if uh, things are actually tied together way more closely than originally thought. That's a cool. That's a cool. That's a cool idea. I like that. And all that's right. all I got. Okay. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll have to see what uh, what actually. Uh, one more question that I want to add to the the questions. Uh, are we going to see Hoyd? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, I th- uh, God damn it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a guess. That's a unfortunately. Fair, fair answer to that question. If I could s- explain my split here, because... Um, I don't know if there's time enough to put him in without it being like, hey, look, it's Hoyd. Okay, bye. Um, in a way that is an Easter egg without completely derailing things. Mm-hmm. I think if we see Hoyd, we're not going to know it's Hoyd. Okay. Like, we'll know it's it's like, oh, the delivery man came by and he, he was whistling a tune I've never heard before or some other like little bit of characterization like that. So that's what I think. If Hoyt makes an appearance, he won't be named. Okay. So. All right. Uh, and then, Caleb, how about you? What do you think is, is going to happen in the second and final episode here? A good question. Um, there's... Gaotona is a very interesting character, and there's kind of an Ashweather set aspect to him of, I really like him. I don't trust him for shit. Um, there's there's a lot happening that's like something is something is strange about this guy. There's some disconnect happening. I don't exactly know what's going on here, but if we if we look back, I have a I have a theory that I'm feeling pretty confident in. Um, in the prologue, there's like some weird phrasing of their respect for him was buried deep, but it was remembered. Um, uh, Gaotona seems really interested in like looking at people and going, no, no, you should be better than what you currently are. You need to be different than what this is. Um, there's a good amount of playing dumb, but then it turns out he actually knows way more than he does. He insists that um, uh, the people in his culture are not forgers, they're rememberers. Um, and um, uh, he's he seems very interested in... Um, uh, shy having a lot of potential but just could be uh uh different than she currently is which is the same way he kind of felt about the emperor i feel like gaotona is for sure the other forger that shy is suspicious um exists and is going to try and come in and finish the job uh before she does i think not only that I feel like Gaotona is actually pulling way more strings than people expect. I think Frava technically outranks him, but he probably has been able to manipulate things so that he's basically in charge. And um, assuming he has some soul forging experience, I wouldn't be surprised if he has um, uh, put stamps on the emperor in the past. And that's why there's a bunch of weird disconnects as to, did he want to be emperor? Well, not initially, but then he did want to be emperor. He was convinced to in a weird way. And also his feelings on Gaotona have weirdly shifted over the years in ways that don't quite add up or make sense. Um, I think he could have stamped um, Frava so that she will, there's kind of a backdoor in her already. Um, And 
I'm kind of even expecting or not expecting. I, I think there's a chance that um, he tries to put a stamp on Shy. It's mentioned in one of the last chapters we read that um, there's rumors of people being able to put a stamp on your like ankle when you're sleeping and you'll never know that you've been changed. Um, and I think Gaotona needs Shy because Shy is better at this than he is, but he is able to make subtle changes and I could see him kind of feeding into her pride in order to convince her to continue the project instead of focusing on escaping. Um, and uh, hopefully Shy will be able to figure that out if that does happen, but um, I feel like that's that's kind of what Gaotona's whole deal is. That's his big secret. Um, in terms of plot-wise, um, I think Shy will nearly escape, but then will be outsmarted and thrown back in the cell, and it will seem like all hope is lost. But then she's going to complete the cell... And then she's going to pull the painting trick again, where um, Gaotona is like, you probably made two seals. This is the fake one that you wanted me to put to stamp the emperor with. But this is the real one that you actually completed because you wanted to see if you could do it. I'm going to stamp the emperor with that one. But then that one also itself is a secret forgery that is going to help Shy out. And uh, this might be a little bit too, like simple and clean but it, it currently the way i've written theory down is once the emperor wakes up because shy managed to sneak the the seal she wanted uh past uh Gaotona's inspection he's gonna oust the grands or at least oust Gaotona from power and free shy uh free shy um and that's how she actually escapes is uh her her seal um her stamp does its job perfectly and she is able to Maybe not even, like, put in a back door. She might be restoring the old Ashravan, if I'm correct about Gaotona altering him, um, uh, enough that um, the Emperor is willing to to let her go. Um, so that's what I have for my, for my big, big theories. Um, this last little bit I've got is one that I wrote during this episode. I hadn't thought about it ahead of time, but it was before you asked the question, Justin. I don't think we're going to see hoyd i i i feel like hoyd's the imperial fool i feel like that's what's going on there i think i think he has come and gone already um and i i'm not really expecting to see him there's a chance i i'm, I'm kind of on the fence with sam of are we gonna know for sure that it's him or not because i could see them kind of casually shy just casually name dropping ah the imperial fool whose name was hoyd and then the, the book just moves on um, but I could also, it just be that Brandon confirmed the Imperial Fool was Hoyd, but we never actually get direct confirmation of that. Not sure which of those it's going to be, but I do think that's, that's who that is. And, and that's his role in this particular story. And, uh, that's all I've got. All right. Yeah. I, I think it, in some like weird scenario where we could like interleave reading this book and recording this podcast. Like I really want to just read the whole thing and also talk about the whole thing at once. I, it was hard to even just like stop in the middle of this. So I, I like the predictions we have and I'm, uh, I'm eager to, to see the rest of it. And then we can, we can just talk about this whole thing. And given that we now have, uh, have our predictions in and uh, are are coming to the end of our second to last episode uh, for this book. 
we can go ahead and get ready for the last episode. Uh, it's the rest of the book. Uh, it starts at uh, day 58 is uh, on the next page. Uh, and it runs through the epilogue, uh, which is, is also numbered. And so we will we'll see that. Uh, and in our particular printing, uh, this book ends on page 122. Or I-2-2, because that definitely looks like an I in that <laughs> font. I'm now paying attention to that. Thank you, Sam. And I know we're being very careful about not snooping around Arcanum Unbounded, so don't i'm assuming don't turn the page after 122 make sure to leave it there uh there is a there is a postscript uh which is two pages from brandon about writing this book uh and that is fine that was in the original copy uh and then after that there's another big title page that shows the next story uh and that Mm -hmm. is where we will be wrapping up once we once we hit that title page okay all right uh, I think then, with us ready for that, we can uh, we can get ready to get this episode distributed on alwaysanotherpodcast.com, which is where all of our episodes are. We can be emailed at contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com. Uh, we've got more Cosmere stuff coming up, as always. So if you want to talk about that, that's a good place to do it. You can also check out our social media Twitter at always another pod, Instagram at always another pod, and Mastodon at always another pod at kind.social. Make sure you check out the awesome map that I drew. I put so much effort into it. Hell yeah. And uh yeah, we'll uh we'll be back for our our end of the book episode. I I don't know what we do next. We just we finish this book. <laughs> Let's do it. Did we ever get any recipes sent to our email? We did not, sadly. Sure. I, I checked earlier today. No recipes yet. <sighs> yes. Guys. Get on they it. Just, they need the reminder. <laughs> this is going to be it. Now, we're, now they're going to roll in. <laughs> <laughs>